Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, it's Thursday morning. That means it's time for another LBP, where we believe building a business... Ian, can you finish the sentence? Uh, I don't really know how this goes. Don't phone it in, dude. Come on. Come on. Get pumped up. This is your podcast, too. The audience <laughs> depends on you. Where we believe building a business... Tell me you believe it, man. ...is the ideal way to create more freedom for you, your family, and those around you. Close enough. Today I am joined, as you have found out, phoning it in from San Diego, a man whose Skype name is Danger Danger. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. If you guys stick around at the end of the show, Ian's going to share with you his favorite entrepreneurial threads on his favorite website, and we'll share with you our new email solution that we implemented for our small enterprise. First, the shouts, the news, our startup sessions this summer in the Philippines are sold out. Thank you so much for everybody who got on the early action list and uh, I am simultaneously pumped up and terrified I want to deliver for everybody so we're gonna be working really hard on that this week isn't that fantastic Ian? yeah yeah okay I think I figured out what word I forgot I think I forgot opportunity thank you where right? is the applause okay. effect <laughs> freedom and opportunity that's right <laughs> yeah, startup sessions are sold out. We're headed to uh, the Philippines for about two months in the middle of the summer. And uh, whew, I'm scared, just like you, but also excited. Very Can't good. wait to see what happens. Speaking of the Philippines, I've been traveling here doing some business for the past week. Next week, I'm really excited to go to Singapore. Me and you are very bullish about Singapore, and we're actually looking into some business opportunities there so if any lbp listeners hanging out in singapore do drop me a line i'll be there on the 25th uh, looking to talk to you about you and your fine city state we got a lot of emails uh this week one from frank that says the lbp is my favorite podcast by far i currently work for a consulting company that allows me to work remotely and full-time but frank's looking to take it to the next level he thinks you my friend are a breath of fresh air Ah, thanks, Frank. Appreciate that. I like Frank. Paul Denny says, I just want to encourage both of you guys to keep up the great work. Paul is a lawyer and listens to us uh, as he drives from courthouse to courthouse on the fantastic California highways. Paul, I can totally relate to reaching out to podcasts to pass the time on those beautiful California highways. And I love it how more lawyers are writing us because we are going to need that help soon. I can feel it, buddy. It's nipping on our uh, nipping at our heels. I'm, I, I'm sure of it. And, and Paul mentioned he did mention that he's a defense attorney, so I definitely have earmarked your services for Ian hey, in the future, Paul. Yeah, actually, we we, uh, we somebody threatened to sue us last week, so that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, um, if you he was been, a lawyer. Yeah. If you haven't been uh, threatened to be sued, maybe you're not doing something right. Exactly. Uh, uh, Merrick, I think you say Merrick or Merrick uh, from yesmad.com says, the LBP is the, can you guess, which number in, in the pantheon of podcasts in the whole wide world, which number do you think we are? 
Oh, so he did a list, right? He did a list, yeah. Well, I know where we should be. I don't think we ended up there, though. Number two. Number wow. two. That's pretty good, actually. I'm impressed. Yeah. I don't think we've ever made it to number two yet. So, And this is our 99th podcast. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. So anyway. We got 99 podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Murek. I really appreciate the shout. We got three new iTunes reviews, all five stars. That's insane. A fun mix of business tips and tricks. Thank you, JB111XX. Become a baller. Listen to this podcast. Five stars. Thank you so much, Mike. Mike says that we are mental fertilizer. <laughs> I know what fertilizer usually is. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Mike, it's not the first time I've been called a shit for brains. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the podcast. And the Panama Kid says, thank God it's Thursday. Booyah. Well, speaking of stars, Ian, I'm going to bring you a little bit of bad company. I know you're sitting there in your jeans and your tank top, but you're drinking a Michelob. It's time oh, yeah, to bring back the 70s today in the meat and potatoes. We are going to talk about the five points to the shooting star mindset. Why do some people succeed fast and others struggle for decades? I'll tell you why I'm thinking about this, Ian. It's two reasons. Simultaneously, two things. Two groups of people are rising fast in my life. I got one group of people who are just in the fast lane. And when you meet these people, you just know they're going to be successful. Even if they've got no money or they've got no college education or they've got no friends. You just look to them and you're like, man, they're going to really make it happen. And then I got a whole other group of people that maybe they're asking me questions via email or I meet them at dinner or something. And it looks like they're struggling and they're having a really hard time figuring out how to turn their dreams into reality or just make a few extra bucks or get a business off the ground. And, uh, you know, it's tough, Ian, but I really do believe that both of these people have access to Google. Yes. It's not particularly hard. Like, Ian, you know, is it hard to get five or $10,000 in startup funding to, to start an online business? I don't know. So. Go to kickstarter.com. Yes, I not. see. Plenty of fools on there every day getting money. Is it hard to figure out how to get a website to rank in Google? You know, is it, no. Is it hard to, to put up a WordPress install on a, on a Bluehost site? Is it hard to write a 5,000-word sales letter? Uh, these things are not rocket science. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think what, you're, what you're leading here, though, and don't let me cut you off totally, but I think a lot of times people are their worst enemies, That's their own worst enemies. All the information's there. You just got to pick yourself up. And you know, Ian, as much as I, we, we always give the disclaimer when we talk about mindset, I asked you before the, the podcast and I said, Ian, you know, what percentage of the time when people are failing, do you think it's something about their personality that is holding them back? And you gave me the number of? 95% of the time. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, it's high, but I really believe that. I think most of the situations that people get themselves into when they're failing, it's because of the way that they've probably set themselves up. Yes. Um, and it, it, you don't, when you're failing, you don't think back and think necessarily, oh, these are all the steps that led up to me failing. It's like, well, this is what happened yesterday and now I'm failing. But most times it was a sequence of events that started from bad decisions or bad judgments or bad ideas in the beginning. So what we want to do is maybe change the sequence events for some people and get people started in a fresh direction. And so we're going to share the five points of the shooting star mindset plus one bonus. And, um, you know, 
these are just things that we see working and consistently showing up in people that are on the fast track. And I really want to get good at this. I'm curious about your thoughts in the audience as well, because one of our big goals this summer is to make sure that we can inspire our startup classes to have these mindsets. Because I don't want to have the same conversations over and over every week. I want to, I want to yeah. put people on a new path towards getting it done. Number one, people in the fast track take extraordinary care and attention to their craft. I have so many people who maybe write me an email telling me that they want to teach people about something. This is very common because everybody on the internet says you should teach people about something. And, uh, you know, I'll give you one example. It's very common for copywriters. Copywriters always want to sell people how to teach copywriting. It's very common to have copywriters write me emails with poor copy, right. asking me how they can teach people. And this, this is the slow track as of the fast track, because, because I think there's an issue of care. And we talk about this when we talk about uh, business strategy, it's the care in your product, that your product right. is the best. But there's a correlate for mindset, which is to care that your skill set is the best. I mean, if you're going to be an SEO consultant, you should care that you know the best information. And I've, I just feel like this is actually not that common for people to take this as a priority, as if it would, it's actually important that they become a great copywriter, a great yeah. copywriter, not just somebody who writes stuff. I see this all the time kind of uh, with the employees or with an employee mindset, not necessarily our employees, but I see other employees um, that kind of have this this going for them. And it's that they don't care enough. That's why they're stuck in a job. That's why they're working for somebody else. A lot of the times is because they just don't care enough to perfect their craft to the part to the point where they're an expert. Yes. And that, um, that care word is I just I love it. The big capital C caring so badly and you can see it in success that successful people just care. And sometimes it's annoying how how much you know, you look at guys like Kanye West and, and, and it's very common for people to think, Oh, what a arrogant douchey guy. But right. when you listen to Kanye West's last record, not to be overly philosophical about it, but it's very difficult to listen to an artist that's put so much care into a piece of work. And, Agreed. and me and you feel the same way about uh, Phoenix, other record Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. And when Agreed. you listen to it, they don't need to convince anybody. They didn't need to, uh, go out and ask people to promote their music. But when you listen to it, you know that that record took them years of care dumped into it's, it, those songs. It, it's really interesting, too, because um, nobody asked them to care. Like All they did was they asked themselves to care enough or something inside of them. I think me and you, we have this, um, and we talk uh, a lot about like free will. Do we have it? Do we don't have it? Uh, things like that. But... Um, there's like this kind of innate thing in, in myself and I know you too where everything we do, we we care so much, like 100%. And it's almost, you can't almost not help it. Um, and I think part of, the, part of the way that you get there um, is that you kind of shut out a lot of these external um, inputs. And then it's just you kind of dealing with you um, going 100 miles an hour. Speaking of dealing with yourself, the number two point to the star is the cultivation of a healthy ego. And this is really, really important because what ends up happening with people 
that have an unhealthy ego is that, for example, they get threatened by others. They do not enjoy seeing the success of others. They uh, do not crave honest feedback or honesty in general. I find that um, unhealthy egos do not enjoy to hear honesty, like reality. You know, entrepreneurs need to be in touch with reality um, and has a genuine curiosity in the information others have and in their success. Yes, this is going to be really important for everybody that attends the uh, TMBA this summer uh, in the Philippines. And I think anybody that's actually looking for constructive criticism uh, with their business, which we are 100% open to in our business, I know. Um, but you really have to be egoless, I think, in this in this doggy dog world if you want to get ahead um, and and take it all in, man. And it's it, you know it's not an all out game because um, you know my ego manifests itself all the time. You know, like um, uh, sometimes I feel arrogant. Like I'll just share it out in the open. Like uh, I was having an argument with one of my employees where my ego got inflamed, and they were just being sensible saying, uh, are you sure that you want to uh, schedule your conference opposite of Blog World? Now, I, this is pretty incendiary, but I was I had an ego about it. I was like, F Blog World. What it, who's going to go to Blog World? I'm not going to Blog World. What are you talking about? And I just went off on this tirade. And, you know, you know, there's a very negative part because that's good information that I was being fed by my coworker. But on the other hand, there's a little bit of ego there that's also like, I want to beat Blog World. Like, I want to be so much better that it's not even a real issue. Now, of course, I scheduled it on a different date at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so... So you, know, you backed off. You know, that's you, good. But I think being in touch with that, you know, like, I understood that that was an ego flare-up on my part. And, you know, and I think that's part of the cultivation. It's not like we're all sitting around on a mountaintop here. But uh, you have to be in touch with that kind of stuff so that you're continuing to be open to reality and to honest feedback. Yeah, and I think also this this is true with your competitors too. Um, you know, I think that you can never underestimate the uh, the uh, underdog. That's absolutely right. Like when I was looking at all, all those podcasts behind us on Merrick's list, I was like, well, whew. We got those guys. A lot of those guys are better than us right now, so we better work harder. <laughs> Number three, ice pick integrity. Act in accordance with your ideals, not your immediate feelings. I don't know if ice pick is the right metaphor, but it's always sort of worked for me. I imagine a mountaineer, and I don't know how they work, but you would like throw uh, an anchor or an ice pick up the mountain, and it would land and it would lodge itself into the mountain, and then you pull yourself there. And it's when, when you when you see people who don't have that direction, that uh, anchor going forward, they become a subject to their immediate feelings, and that's like sort of a, a ship without a rudder. And and I really like the idea of deciding the type of person that you want to be. A great example of this is I see a lot of people having trouble with the success of others around them. This is a very common thing. And this is a bad mindset for an entrepreneur because you're going to be a better entrepreneur if you can promote the success in others. And this gets even more complicated when you have equity sharing partnerships with people around you. Um, you know, we've seen this in some of our relationships, Ian, and this comes up when you become, you know, uh, entwined in investment relationships with people is that, you know, people want people to stay manageable, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want them to get right. too, too hot to handle so right. to speak. And that that kind of thing is, is ugly 
I think it's ugly and it's it's also not going to make you an entre a great entrepreneur in the long run because great entrepreneurs are the types of people that create tons of success around them not only for themselves I think of Paul Graham you know right and I think of like everybody who touches Paul Graham Brad Feld uh, Jason Calacanis they end up better and and it's not Paul Graham with his hand in, in your pocket for the rest of your life yeah, I think you're an exceptional um, example of uh, somebody like this in that uh, you kind of like do this thing every couple of years where um, you like shed your skin. I don't know if you would agree with this. I'm not even sure I've shared this with you. So It's getting real, <laughs> but, uh, man. It's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> you, kind of, uh, you kind of shed your skin and um, you kind of uh, – you you have a tendency to turn into different things as you go along. Like uh, I've never known you to be really uh, married to an idea for a super long time. I mean, it's 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 kind of always changing with your environment, new information, things like that. So uh, it's not Dan the football player for the rest of your life. You know, maybe it was Dan the football player when you were younger, but that that kind of phase in your life has passed. Yeah, um, I, I, well, I guess I, I believe in in people's ability to change, and, I, and and there's certain things you know that remain consistent, um, like you know I've always wanted to be the best at my job. You know, I remember working in a record store when I was a kid, and I was so precociously annoying that I, they almost fired me because I was trying to rearrange the whole store. And then I worked for a warehouse, and I was trying to rearrange the whole warehouse, and I was worked for a restaurant and tried to rewrite the menu and. <laughs> And you know what I mean? So there's certain things that stay the same, but you're right. I mean, I think you see things that you want to participate in and you got to throw that anchor out and pull yourself there. And, uh, and I think that's a, that's a real advantage that you have is that you can kind of reinvent yourself. So, you know, you don't have to say like 20 years from now, I want to do something. I mean, I think you, in a lot of ways, you lead your life two years at a time, three years at a time kind of thing. So you'll throw your anchor out and then you'll pull yourself in for the next two years. Um, Whereas, you know, most people might be kind of scared to throw their anchor out because maybe they're shooting for 10 or 20 or 30 years. Um, and then it's like, wow, this is a long road or this is going to be like a huge fall down if I don't make it there. Well, um, you're, and so you're bringing in this whole new element to it, you know, this global, like this really broad view. Because I was thinking more locally, like, you know, the way Aristotle talked about like cultivating yourself, like what you do every day, the actions that you take um, end up molding your soul so if you tell yourself that you're not going to allow yourself to be jealous and instead you go do something generous every time you feel that generous jealous pang right um let's say you know somebody makes a whole bunch of money and you're jealous every time that happens you go be generous to them you go do something for them just right that's it you just do something for them and eventually i promise you you will not be jealous anymore that goes away. That's amazing. Now, I think what you're talking about with me is sort of a different thing, which is um, one of the events that happened in our relationship is that, uh, and, and this might be sort of interesting to the audience, is that I used to be the hardcore business guy. Like, I was the hard ass and you were the artist. Do you remember this? At the beginning <laughs> of our relationship. <laughs> oh, I remember. That was me and you. You were the... Uh, you were the designer. I remember at the time you wore cool t-shirts. Uh, that's something I haven't revealed to the it's audience. True. Um, you carried around moleskin notebooks, which occasionally you still do. Um, and you thought about these grandiose visions for these huge, massive industries. And I was putting your face in the spreadsheet and just shaking my nod in my head, like, who is this designer guy? Right. And now all of a sudden, I am 
<laughs> I, I I have a writer's mastermind group. and I, Tables have kind of turned, buddy. The tables have turned. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's cool stuff. I mean, a part of it is just stuff happens so fast in this lifestyle. One uh, one more point on this on this jealousy thing, too. I think once you uh, – you know, a lot of times I think we get jealous is because we don't understand how somebody got so much money or so much of something. Um, and so you look at somebody and you're like, wow, I'm really jealous that person uh, has all that money. Um, but I think one of the reasons we get jealous uh, isn't actually a real reason. A lot of us don't even want what other people have. Um, maybe I don't want a bunch of money. Maybe I don't want a bunch of cool cars. Um, and once you really start to drill down in your own head about what you want for yourself and your life, uh, I think you can probably find out that you're not jealous of a lot of things that you thought you might might have been jealous about in the past. Well, this is such an interesting topic to me because the problem with jealousy is that it puts up a wall between you and that success. Whereas what you want to do is you want to join it. Like it's like you see that and it's like, well, that whoa, that guy just drove by in a Ferrari. Like you want to run after him. You don't want to <laughs> think, oh, that jerk just drove by in a Ferrari. And so I think um, if you can find ways to eliminate jealousy, and I do think that it's possible, and I do see it a lot, actually. I don't think that I can't remember the last time you got jealous of somebody, Ian. And I and I don't I imagine that that wasn't the way you were when you were 16 years old. Very true, very true. Actually, uh, I probably told the story before. I'll make it real quick, but just looking at people when I first moved to California, my age, and like brand new cars, and I just thought, like, wow, how did how did they get a brand new car, and I'm driving this. You know, part of it is you got to do your work, you know, and it's like yep. your work has nothing to do with that guy's Ferrari. Number four, self-effacing delivery of value to others. And, you know, Ian, there's actually like a whole philosophy around the idea of gifts. And is it, you know, how do, how do you really give somebody a true gift? Because what most people do is when they do something for somebody is they start to like get out the tally sheet. It's like, well, I've done four things for that guy now, and I've done five things for that, and I've done six things for that guy now, and you're just waiting for your payoff. And I think um, that isn't that lacks an integrity to me. I mean, I think you should want to deliver value to others through your work, and to never see return. I think that yeah, it's okay. interesting. It's really interesting. I think when I was younger, I probably had a lot of relationships like that in my life. I can't, I can't really think of one right now. Uh, that I actually have a tally sheet going for, yeah. Uh, and so that's a, that's a huge shift for me personally. But uh, I agree with the gifts. And with I think it's a great way to lead your life, actually. With the self-effacing thing, you know, I'm developing a lot of new relationships, and and I've always felt like we're like this. We're willing to sacrifice so much to do the work, and whether that means you know, oh, you got to move to Missouri for three months to set up a warehouse, or you got to do this, you got to do that. You would never moan about that. You would think that's an opportunity to do the work at the next level and that's self-effacing. I'm not thinking about how comfortable my bed's going to be when I get there. I'm thinking about this is a great opportunity to do interesting work. And it's just a different set of values I think that these people in the fast lane cultivate. And finally, number five, and we talk about this a lot, Ian, it's long ball. And I think a lot about this point that we talked about a couple episodes back where it's like, don't work with assholes. It's an all-time premium high to work with friends because businesses are so flexible nowadays. They move so fast that if you don't enjoy being around people, you can't fake it for three or four years. Right. And so part of, and part of you know, doing great business is about having open channels of communication and working really well together. And that's thinking long ball and people are just looking for such quick payoffs 
you know, I did this for you, or I did that for you. What, when's my payoff? You know, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into the examples. I'm going to sound like a crab, but I just, uh, you know, you can't just uh, send somebody a tweet and expect that they're just going to drop everything and uh, give you a bunch of money. Right. And that's just Agreed. the long ball. So that's our quick tips to the shooting star uh, mindset. We're actually going to quote uh, or link C to an awesome related article at the blog called You Are Not So Smart.com about ego depletion. Speaking of depletion, this episode has been long. Let's get moved on to the quick tips, tricks, and or funny jokes section. First off, we moved our business over to Google Apps for enterprise email. The pros and cons, Ian, how are you feeling about it so far? Well, we could, uh, we've now uploaded our logos to the top left. So it doesn't say Gmail anymore. It says our company name. So. That's kind of cool. I think that's pretty baller. Uh, the back end looks pretty cool. I haven't dug around in there a whole bunch, but there's a lot of statistics, a lot of cool numbers that you can look at. Um, but it is nice to get on one platform. Uh, yeah, so, so. The, the biggest pros for us have been um, you can have one master account from which you can manage all of your employees' email. What we used to do was really patch together, which is we had everybody's username and password. Yeah, by the way, we're like a couple years late to the table on this one. Oh, but yeah. this is this is real late. And and uh, so now we have the master admin uh, thing. We can go in, we can make sure everything's up to snuff and code. We can see when people logged in last. That could potentially be useful, although we're not that draconian. Um, the biggest pro for us has been email uptime because when we would change servers and hosts for stuff, um, you know, we'd sort of muck up people's outbound emails and then it would be like, three days later and somebody would be like, wait a second, I'm not getting emails from like this one domain anymore. Right. Um, and that yeah, and we cost, had like a bunch of domains. So Yeah, that could cost us money. So anyway, um, you know, biting the bullet Google Apps, there are some cons, which is why we didn't bite the bullet. You know, it takes a, while, it takes a little while to set up and you kind of have to migrate all your settings and contacts and like some of your, your archive mail doesn't get switched over. And, and so there are downsides. So that's, I think, what took us so long, but uh, I'm really glad we did it. So yeah. Google Apps for Enterprise, it's free or basically cheap as it can be. Uh, can't beat it. And finally, you got to, I'm going to have some linksies to some pretty cool uh, Reddit success stories. Any yeah. On this? I hope we can dig these up. Uh, I think somebody just started one this week. It was like uh, IAMA on Reddit, and it was about business. Um, and they started a cleaning company. And then other people kind of jumped on the bandwagon. So there was a guy today... Um, that did in uh, IAMA, and he was an e-commerce guy, and I think he does like a hundred thousand, maybe a million dollars a year, or something. Yeah, I think it was a million dollars a year. I think he's doing like a hundred thousand a month. Um, so really, really interesting stuff out there. Uh, I actually wonder who that guy is. I wonder if we know that guy. We might know but that um, guy. It wasn't you. We might know that guy. It wasn't yeah, you, but, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Because at the beginning, I thought it might be you. I was like, what is he doing, man? What's he? Can you even run this by me? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't me. But I think even more interesting than the e-commerce guy was the guy that went from zero or he went from having a job to quitting a job, I think in something like four months. And basically yeah. what he did was he set up a cleaning company. Um, and cleaning companies are interesting. And I encourage anybody that's interested in running a local business to kind of check this out because it seems pretty cool because cleaning companies are so fragmented. Like right now I'm looking at my apartment. Um, my maid quit several months ago uh, and I haven't replaced her because it's 
a little bit difficult. I mean, I'm like staring at a business card that I got on my windshield. I'm looking at Craigslist. I'm looking online. Um, there's no one place to go for this stuff. So I think that's why it's a real opportunity. So the lesson uh, is, is just focus on these high quality problems that guys like yeah. you, <laughs> I cannot replace my maid. You would not believe how difficult this <laughs> stuff is. All right, Ian. Well, you are my shooting star. I'll play you out with the chorus. Thank you so much for chunking, for just giving us a little bit of your time this week. I know you're just... <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> talk to you next week. Booyah. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.